Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another edition of the What is Truth radio show right here on this local station every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Presented by A Little Church, Grace and Truth Church. And we thank them for their sponsorship to keep this show on the air along with our uh, producer, uh, Buddy Shula. We thank him too. And we come to you to spend an hour with you. We hope it's a good Sunday morning for you. You're waking up uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Why don't you grab uh, some tea or some coffee? And if you're at home, grab the Bible because we're in a great book in the New Testament, the Acts of the Apostles, where uh, Jesus had promised that he would build his church, the church of Jesus Christ, the one true church that God the Father recognizes the pure and undefiled religion of Jesus Christ. And we'll see how in this book, he uses two great apostles starting off with Peter. And now we're moving to the work of Paul because Peter's been doing all this work through the first half of the book. We're in chapter 13 today. If you want to hear the old programs, go to the Grace and Truth Church webpage. Just spell out graceandtruthchurch.org. You can hear the old shows. We've got a Great panel today in the studio. My partner in truth, John D. Good to have you, brother. Great to be here. And uh, Mark Sassi, our researcher and itinerant evangelist and street preacher. Good morning. And uh, Mark, you got a great chapter for us today. Acts chapter 13 is a great chapter because we saw from Acts 1 through 12 that Peter is, he's ready to preach yes. at a moment's notice. And yes. Peter does a lot of preaching and a lot of people get saved. Big, large groups of people get saved with Peter's preaching. Yes. And now here in Acts 13, we saw we see Paul preaching, and he preaches a sermon of history, Jewish history. Yes. And we saw some of that back in Acts 7 with Stephen. Stephen. And Stephen, when he was preaching in Acts 7, he focuses around Moses and the story of Moses. Here we're going to see Paul focus on the story of David and Jesus. So two of the great... Uh, characters in the history of the nation mm-hmm. of Israel, yeah. Moses, the lawgiver and David, the king. Amen. And so that's a good way to attract the people's attention. If, and you were mentioning about Peter, that he's ready to preach at a moment's notice. You know, when an individual, no matter what field he's in, John, mm-hmm. when you were in your work, you one time you were in telecommunications Yes, and, and you uh, had a product uh, and you probably prepared and knew. And if somebody, let's say you were visiting a couple of guys in another city and they said, John, we didn't know you're in telecommunications. We've got a need right over here in our uh, factory. Do you think maybe you can come and give us some advice? I'll bet at a moment's notice you could start giving them some information sure. that could be helpful. That's what happens. People who know their subject are ready to communicate it. And uh, Peter and Paul these are kind of extemporaneous sermons. Even Stephen, yeah. when he was backed up, but they knew their subject. Their subject was the God of Israel. It's interesting because these are Paul will be preaching to men of Israel, the Jews. So the Jews had, well, we all know the oracles of God yes, and, and yes. the basics. And they, they were the ones that were the most troubled by the new way. 
Yeah, that's okay. right. And, and, that curious. And, 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 um, yeah. and as, you know, I'm going to take away from the end of the book, but as it goes on and Paul just shakes the dust off him and goes, and he becomes the apostle to the Gentiles. Yes. yes. And then he goes to a different one. So it's different when, in the example you use, people would say to me, John, we have a place over here. Would you come look at it? It's a lot easier talking to them than people say, huh? <laughs> right? Right, so, right. But right yeah. over here, you have people, but sometimes... They say sometimes people just know too much. And I and I look at this too before market started, is that we we were brought up Catholic. Yeah. I yep. was not a practicing Catholic. I said I said it many times, like so many, once I made my confirmation, it was like, okay, you've done your job. All right, go ahead. And um and um but when when approached about the book, approached about Jesus Christ. I fall right back into Catholicism. Sure. The little- Something I really didn't even know all that well, just the basics that I was taught. Yeah. And it's hard to shake it. And I have to tell some people sometimes that it's just everything you know about Jesus Christ, put it out of your head. Put it out of your head. Things, Let, let's things from, from movies, from things movies, from traditions. From old religions. Yeah. From old traditions. And, and, and read the know? Bible and see what God has to say right, about his son. Right, yeah. right. You know, uh, you know put, anything you know about saints, Put it out of your head. Yeah. Anything you know about Mary, put it out of your head. Try to have an open mind to what I'm going to show you right now. And you better have a Bible there. Yeah. It is interesting. That we tend to do that. What's In the sense that I think what we've fallen into the trap of believing is that maybe the presentation of a man's faith is like a salesmanship job and he's trying to sell you something. And we're like, I don't want to be sold. And I just run back and touch ghoul to whatever I was growing up on. I grew up with uh, Catholicism. There go. I'm touching ghoul. You can't, can't sell me anymore. I was grown. I grew up Lutheran. You know, I've got something I touch. I have my touchstone. Right. But good professional sales, salesism that I taught. Yeah. And was taught me is a transfer of knowledge. Right. And a transfer of enthusiasm. Yeah. You can't, you know, those old snake, snake all days of the guy coming into town yeah. and just putting the wool over the <laughs> right, common man's. Right. I've yeah, got this elixir here. Yeah. That's yeah. gone. You can't <laughs> do that. Now, if you people, so you guys say, you know, you take any preconceived ideas you have, if you can, put them to the side, have an open mind and listen to what this book says. And with Peter and Paul and Stephen, they're so familiar with their love of truth from the oracles of God. Yes. That if you say to them, like they do to Paul, sir, do you have anything you want to say? He'll just open up the Bible and go ready at a moment's notice. And make the connections. Yes. Meaning, yes. meaning there's connections between history and the scriptures and the prophets and what they spoke and what came to pass. Yeah. And so all those connections, they're connecting the dots and showing you. And, and in this case, most people listening to this, this Bible study here in Acts 13 some of you may be Jewish, but many of you are probably Gentiles. Correct. Right. And even though he's going to do a Jewish history thing here with this uh, preaching that Paul's about to do, as a Gentile, you can think just as one of all mankind, human history goes back to 4000 BC Correct. at the Garden of Eden. Yep. And so the Bible gives the history, even the genealogy history timeline right from 4000 BC all the way up to so we 70 are, AD. We are connected. We, we can't are. say Amen. we're not, we're, somehow we're tied into this thing. We are. Okay. Yeah. And so here it is. It's X 13 and 13 throughout the Bible is the number of rebellion. And what we're going to see is even though he's preaching to the Jews here at first. Going to be some rebels in some the crowd. Rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Uh, X chapter 13, the Bible says, now there was in the church that was at Antioch 
certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. It's the beginning of missions. Amen. They're going mm-hmm. out on a missions journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, they had a good little church here at Antioch. We'd heard about it before. God had a bunch of faithful people gathering together called Christians because people saw a change in them. It was a new way of faith based on a Messiah named Christ. And they said, these are Christians. And here they are, they're praying, they're fasting, and God has a work for them to do because what was it? The first chapter, verse eight, I'll send you yes. forth. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here they are. God's mm-hmm. continuing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. God told them to go on into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And uh, so they sent them away, verse four. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. I just want to stop what you're saying for one minute there. What the Bible says, they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. So true missions really is a work of God. Even though he uses the church, it's not the church. For example, the three of us sitting at this table here couldn't just say, you know, I think one of us should maybe go to Sri Lanka and then why don't you two send me there? That would be a work of the spirit of man. And what God's saying is this has to be my work. Yes. I mean, one of the guys earlier said, if it's a work of men, it'll fail. But if it's a work of God, it's going to. I I, I always feel the show. Now, again, you run this church, Pastor. I mean, you didn't say, yo, Mark, John, you got to be here on Wednesdays with me. But we record the show on Wednesdays, folks. And, um. And uh, you, you must be here. Then it's working, man. You know, we, we're going to do a show. You're going to be. We all came together. It's a desire of the heart, and, and, yeah. and it's the Lord kind of moving and saying, Amen. "I'd like to use Amen. these yeah. people right here to do a work." Amen. And I think it's more than just a burden that you feel that you ought to do it. It's bigger than a burden. It's a it's a calling. A calling. It's a calling uh-huh. where yes. God God implores and, you through His Word to to serve Him and, and to a, want to. It's such a blessing calling too. I mean, yeah. the Lord is, at least for me is blessing. It's warm. It's dry. Yeah. You know, we're not being attacked because we got brothers and sisters that, that come oh, from all over the world to visit our yeah. church and they go to yeah. the Amazon and they face, Sacrifice. they face, uh, they face nature, they face man, they face evil and wickedness, Elements, everything, you know, and, yeah. and we just sit here and we read from the King James Bible, you know, with a cup of coffee and Amen. it's a good, it's a good, what were you in the military? What do you say? It's a good assignment. Okay. Good. You know, it's a great assignment. Yeah. It's what I might volunteer for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, here we are, uh, Acts 13, 5, and it says, and so here they're, they're heading off, and it says, and when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. So they went right to the synagogue, and they had also John to their minister. That would be John Mark. From right? the last chapter, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And when they had gone through the aisle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say real quick about this. Uh, Deuteronomy 18.10, God says it's an abomination to be involved with sorcery. And, and more than that, uh, this name Bar-Jesus, 
I remember Barnabas back in Acts yeah. chapter 4, I think it's verse son. 36. Yeah. He's yeah. the son of consolation, consolation, right? So this is Bar Jesus, the son of Jesus, some kind of like he's, fake he's false presenting prophet. himself as though, you know, I know him, I've studied with him, yeah. but but he hadn't. No. He was a false prophet obviously, and he was instead of using the scriptures, he was using sorcery. Yes. You know. And and you see the other Paul and Barnabas, they're using the scriptures. Yeah, it's just, it's, um, and I think it's worth the point saying here, too many people, especially in the United States, and especially females, are about the tarot cards, they're about the Ouija board, they're sure. about- Harry um, Potter. You know, well, yeah, and, and it's just, and um, I had somebody, uh, and I know I was witnessing to, and then all of a sudden they went to a charlatan, Mike, and, and, uh, and um, uh, God hates that. If you're listening, um, Saul, God even says, well, I don't know where in the Bible says, what, is there not a God in Israel that you could go to? Yeah, that's it's, right. He says, yeah. if you, he says, because I don't beckon to your call yeah. and I don't give you an answer right away, yeah. you're going to go to some charlatan, you're going to go to some seer. Um, just so you know, folks, if you think you're a Christian or you ever want to be and you're doing this stuff, God despises this stuff and he's very insulted by it. In the Old Testament, you're referencing Deuteronomy. Yeah. It connects them with the soothsayers. Yes. And one of the things they'll often do is they'll compliment you and pet you and tell you about this great future. You're going to meet a man with a million dollars. You've got a great future. I mean, they they make you feel good mm-hmm. about the future, whereas the word of God lets us know things in this world aren't getting better. Things are getting worse, but there is one to whom you can come as a shepherd. He'll lift you up as a lamb. He'll take care of you. Right. So it doesn't preach the future. It preaches the Messiah. And, and it's not about you getting some kind of magical powers. Yeah. You know who's all powerful? God. Amen. It's his power. Amen. He gets glorified. So here we are in verse uh, seven. Yeah. Uh, this bar Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country. Hmm. That's Sergius Paulus, a prudent man. That would be practical. So, and and the deputy could be like, let's say, Erie County executive. Mm-hmm. So, so here's this false prophet. Man. This false prophet <laughs> is interested in this guy with power. Yes. See, the false prophets that we see in the scriptures are always interested in money or governmental power. They're always trying to worm their way in. I, m- right. I remember <laughs> seeing that movie years ago, uh, the Ghostbusters with Bill Murray and all that. And, and, and the mayor's got a problem. He's up there and all of a sudden in comes the bishop and you know, what's right. the bishop doing in the mayor's office? Right. Well, they, you know, he's snuggling up to him, trying to get a little yep. um, help, yeah. you know, for his church. Yeah. 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 It's been going on for a long time. Yeah. This stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so, this this guy, Sergius Paulus, this deputy of the country, he was a prudent man he, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. He actually Good wants move. to hear it. Good move. Now, yeah. now that's prudent. Yes. That's mm-hmm. smart. Okay. Yep. God calls it prudent. Yes. And then, but Ilimus, the sorcerer, this is the same sorcerer. Correct. Different name for him. For so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. That's a wicked thing to do. Yes. Anyway, Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Amen. So so what Paul does, now this sorcerer here, okay, here's the thing. We got a guy named Sergius Paulus in verse 7. He 
obviously doesn't know the gospel, but he heard about two men coming to town, Saul and Barnabas, who were preaching the word of God. And because he was prudent and had an honest heart and conscience, he said, I'd like to hear that. By the way, that's what God wants for people Amen. to do. Uh, you, you should, what he wants to do is sample, taste, the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you taste, you'll see that it's good. So this man wants to hear it. And instantly, this Elymas, the sorcerer, this a false prophet bar Jesus, is getting in the way of Paul and Barnabas witnessing to this man. So what we're seeing here is, here we are in the book of Acts, Jesus is trying to build his church, and at the same time, the devil is trying to prevent it from being built. It's all like- and you have to ask yourself why, because this happens today. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe people that we deal with are not sorcerers, but but um he, he, Sergius is a prudent man. Yep. He yep. says, right. Um he does he does counsel with this with this Bar Jesus guy. Well I would think the guy counsels with him. Yeah, okay. more, 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 sure. so to speak. But more. he hears something that's interesting about the word of God. He calls them and for what reason did he try to turn them from the faith? The sorcerer. Well, because, because he's, he's a child of the devil. No, yes. I, I know. I understand that. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm. I'm pointing out, though. We see this even today. It's, I mean, what we he didn't say. He didn't. There's nothing to it. There's nothing to it. He just intervenes and doesn't want this man to hear truth. So sure. there's a spiritual motive, but there's, there's probably an earthly motive too. Amen. Yeah, there's amen, an earthly amen. motive. He oh, thinks oh, that they're going to move in on oh, his yeah, business. Hey, hey, misreading yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> then you're not, well, I mean, today, and you know, <laughs> what are you talking to him for? Uh, don't, don't listen to this guy over here. You know, yeah. because what are you worried about? You want to look when, when you're witnessing to somebody, and then somebody comes up. You why think someone interrupt? They come yeah. up, they interrupt it, and all that stuff. And you and you want to say to him, "Why are you interrupting?" He's interested. This is what you did. You're not. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but he's interested. You're not. What is your motivation to make sure he doesn't hear what? Now, I have to say, but what the God has to say. Yeah. So if you they see, can't answer those questions. If you see a situation like that happening, do what Paul did and and push that person off. Yeah. Push push the interruption away. Well, one of the things we've done, Mark, when you and I have gone out in the past and and uh, and knock on doors, is the person. Let's say two of us approach a door. One will knock on the door. The other will stay back just a few feet back and pray. And then as we're talking to the person at the door, if someone comes up to interrupt, that person standing back praying then takes them off to the side to handle the interruption. interruption. Yes. Yes. And and as I'm reading this and I'm, I'm seeing this about how Sergius Paulus, he desired to hear the word of God. I heard, I heard a preacher say this recently. There was a preacher who said, he goes, I've got, I've got many favorite verses in the Bible, but he says one that's near the top 10 comes from James 4 in verse 8. He says, draw nigh to God and he, he will draw nigh to you. To you. Amen. He says, if you don't have your own favorite verse in the Bible, you can borrow mine. That one right there, James 4, 8. And he says, now that fits with this. This guy desired to hear the word of God. Yep, amen. And there was an interruption that came along. Same thing happened to me personally. Near about the time that I got saved back in the year 2000, and I started reading the Bible, and I started listening to preaching, actual Bible preaching that was on TV and radio. Sure enough, I had a guy come up who was a Jehovah Witness with a false gospel and a, a false Bible yep. that was like in my ear and, and you know, kind of crowding me and, and pressing me to want to bring me to the kingdom hall. And somehow, somehow it just didn't add up. I mean, I didn't know Amen. much of the Bible at that yeah, point. Well, the Lord was kind of protecting you. But yeah. what Paul says in verse 10 
would apply to all those cults that popped up in the 1800s in America. I mean, whether it's Christian science, whether it's the Mormons, whether it's Jehovah's Witnesses. I mean, the Bible had been around for 1800 years. The gospel had been out there. It had made its impact on Europe, England and America. And along come these new cults full of all subtlety and all mischief. They're the children of the devil. They're the enemies of righteousness, and they're trying to pervert the right and the pure way of God. And, yes. and that's what that's what they do. When, yeah. you know, I, when I read scripture now, Mike, how many times we've gone through it? Certainly not as many as you, but I, I must go through the Bible at least 15 times. Um, but when I read it from, from my own edification, when I see this and, and the desire to hear the word of God, it, it, the Lord is telling me that, that most people, whether they want to admit it or not, they want to hear there's something missing in their life. Sure. They don't know it's the word of God, sure. but it is the word of God. Yep. And there is there is a desire. It's just that it's usually the environment, the friends, the family, um, or what goes on in their own mind. But but he desired to hear the word of God. Why? Yeah. Why? Well, he has I, well, I, he has a sorcerer right there. Evidently, that's not good enough. He wants the well, truth. He has, a, exact, he has a longing for the exactly. truth. Exactly. And I think all souls, Yeah, I, I, I think all souls I think do it's long true. for the truth. I they think just, God made them that but, way. But Satan's done such a good job, like like we always say, mixing. Like, how many how many denominations call us Christians and they're not? Right, right. And and people are confused. Let me hit on that. If, if like Pastor said, these cults that came up in the 1800s, someone might say, but they're, they're, they live a righteous life. I mean, are they really that bad of people? The definition of a cult is if they say that you have to be one of us in order to get to heaven. You have to be a Mormon in order to be saved and get to heaven. This chapter right here in the Bible from the Word of God proves that wrong because later in the chapter with Paul preaching, he says, all that believe are justified from all things. Yes. You have to believe in Jesus, not believe in that cult. And and believe what God said about Jesus, which is in the word of God. That's just why. And when they came, they preached the word of God and they wanted to bring uh, what's a Sergius Paulus, the word of God. You keep seeing that phrase over and over because true faith comes by hearing the word of God. Amen. That's right. And as you said, Mark, they seem to live a righteous life. Yeah, but that's you know that's socially not righteous, socially morally right. righteous. You know, maybe they do, maybe they don't sin, but they <laughs> sin once. <laughs> but oh, yeah. you sin in your mind. It's just yeah, impossible. Yeah, sure. It's just impossible. Yeah. It's just impossible. And, and the Bible tells us it's it's not of works. Right. Jesus, well, Jesus salvation is not of the works. way you're yeah. living. The way you're living your so-called righteous life. It might be nice, but it'd be nicer if you were yeah. saved. Yeah, from a human standpoint. The righteousness of of some of these people seems good, right? It seems good, but there's we're going to find in this chapter that you need you need more than just man's righteousness. righteousness. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So roll. here we are in verse eleven of Acts thirteen, and it says, "And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee." This is Paul still preaching to this guy to this sorcerer. Yeah. He and he says, "Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. Thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season." And immediately there fell on him a mist, a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, that would be Sergius Paulus, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. So, so, so I guess perhaps what had happened is, is back uh, in verse 6, this uh, false prophet, Bar-Jesus, who was a friend of Sergius Paulus, trying to befriend Sergius Paulus, who's the deputy in the area. You know, 
didn't go up to him and say, Sergius, let me tell you something. I'm a false prophet. I'm really a sorcerer. I can't do anything. I don't know God. He probably went and said, you know, I'm a prophet. And let me show you, let me, a couple magic trick here. See, this is the power of God. And along come these two gentlemen who really are, it said, the Holy Ghost said, I have called them. I have sent them. Amen. And here's the true God sending two men forth. And perhaps someone that knew Sergius said, you know, these two new guys in town, they preach the word of God. I think they're real prophets. Amen. Amen. And and so now the argument's going back and forth. And when he sees that, he, he sees what Paul's able to do. The deputy, when he saw what Paul did, he says, wow, this these really are real prophets. Amen. That's right. And, <laughs> and, 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 and listen, to don't, don't stop what he believed when he saw the blindness come on, on the sorcerer. He was astonished at the doctrine. Yes. There I mean, you go. Is, Amen. Astonished at the doctrine. Um, and, and I think, it, it, like you said, the Bible goes here a little, there a little. I think it's going, we're, we're going to hear Paul's Paul's preaching. Correct. I think that's part of the doctrine Absolutely. that he was astonished with too. Absolutely. And I tell people all the time, if you would just simply grab a King James Bible and read the Gospel of John, That'll, it says in there that no man ever spake. Like, this, like man. this man. Amen, amen. And you can be astonished at the doctrine of the yes. Lord just by reading that gospel of John that starts out within the beginning. Amen. So this is quite an interesting beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mean, they just start their trip and instantly they're in a battle with the devil. This is an adventure. And, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And, and verse 13, it says, now when Paul and his company loose, loose from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia and John departed from them, returned to Jerusalem. That's a little sad that that John departed from them. It doesn't give the reason, but I know in other parts of the Bible it talks about that uh, Saul or Paul was not pleased with the fact that he... Well, I'm, I'm going to defend John Mark for a second. Okay. Uh, it's John, let, let the John, listener know. Young, it's John young Mark. John Mark. Now, first off, he is young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I think his family, his mother Mary, it says back there in 1212, uh, she lived in the region of Jerusalem, uh, she knew Paul for a number of years. She went to the temple. Paul was studying at the temple. Paul got saved. Uh, she knew Peter. She knew these men because Peter was coming around with this man named Jesus, who she's seeing at the temple. When her son, Mark, got saved, he thought, I'd like to follow and work with some of these great men. But he was young and he might have been a novice. And after that battle with the devil, it shook him up. Yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm not ready for this, and mm-hmm. and he needed to go back and grow a little. He, he, yeah. he ran back to his radio yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he went out into the field and says, "Oh, and, and you know? this is the same John Mark that wrote Mark's gospel." Yes, that's right. right. So, so, with, so that, with a little time, God grew him up. That yeah. Paul later on, what what Paul prayed. Paul said he's a good man. He's, he's, he's a, a good man. He, to me. He grew. We all yeah. grow. Yes, Amen. Uh, two more verses, real quick. Uh, Fourteen and fifteen. Uh, but when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch and Poseidon and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Amen. Love it. That, that's good. Word of Love exhortation. It. We have some exhortation for you. Why don't you go to our website, the Grace and Truth Church website. We, right here, this wonderful program that we have What is Truth, this radio show, uh, Buddy Shula, and the, the station that helps us be on. We're given funds by the Grace and Truth Church so that we can stay on the air. And they have a lot of good teachings for those who might have an interest. If you're like Sergius Paulus and you're prudent and you'd like to hear the Word of God, there's a lot of good teachings on the Grace and Truth Church website. We have guest preachers come in. 
We have the regular pastor there. Uh, good teachings from the Bible. Grace and Truth Church is a place that ministers the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ using God's grace through prayer. And the uh, website is a Grace and Truth Church. Uh, dot org just got to spell that out grace and truth church dot org we ask you to go there and um exhortation there's going to be an exhortation from our station in a moment and we'll be right back after that Amen. stick around what is truth what is truth want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the second half of today's program on what is truth. We're in the midst of the 13th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, the fifth book in the New Testament. Uh, we're seeing the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul, a great mission, probably the greatest missionary yes. in the history of the New Testament Amen. church. And here he's beginning on his first uh, uh, journey, and he's come to a place called Antioch, not the Antioch that we know up in Syria. This is Antioch in Pisidia. It's a little bit uh, to the west. It's in a region uh, near Asia Minor. And what's his custom? Go verse 14. Show us again. Yeah, in verse 14 of Acts 13, it's, the Bible says, But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And that sounds a lot like a connection from back in Luke's gospel, chapter 4, verse 16, speaking of Jesus. It says that Jesus, he came to Nazareth, back in Luke's gospel, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Yeah. So you remember those bracelets in the old days from, I don't oh, know, what 60s would Jesus or do? Yeah. yeah. WWJD, what yeah. would Jesus do? <laughs> he would go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. That was his custom. And if you're following in his footsteps or trying to follow along with Jesus, then your custom ought to be like his custom. And the same thing with Paul. And that's how the apostles were also. Yeah. So if you're not Jewish, you're not going to the synagogue. If you're a Christian, you're going to the church. And there's sometimes when people get frustrated because, oh, my church isn't perfect. Well, I got news for you. No church is perfect. Well, oh, I got, I got better news for you, pal. Neither are you. And yeah. if you went to Amen. a perfect church, it wouldn't be perfect anymore because you'd mess it up. <laughs> so, sorry. But, I mean, we've all got imperfections. Amen. We know that. It's, Amen. Uh, Pastor Scott Strobel, a great uh, preacher up in Lockport, New York. You can listen to his stuff on YouTube at First Bible Baptist Church in Lockport. He's a great teacher. He would often say that the church is like a hospital, spiritual hospital for spiritually wounded people. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when Jesus went into the synagogue in Nazareth in Luke chapter four, was that perfect? No. no. He was the only perfect one in there. <laughs> right. And then here, Paul, you know, he's he's preaching to them this amazing sermon here in Acts thirteen. Yes. That synagogue's not perfect either. Amen. Well, I don't know. Is it is it Luke chapter four when Jesus went in to the synagogue, one of them, where there was um there was a possessed demon in the back of the room? Oh, that was, that was a different time. But the point yeah. is, the, the verse you read, it said, as his custom as was. His custom. Yes. Jesus Christ, what he did is on the Sabbath, remember, the synagogue was the place of believers in the 
Testament given to Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, Moses. Mm-hmm. I mean, the writings of God. Yes. Those were the scriptures in the time they lived. And God had uh, determined that the uh, synagogues would be put together in the land. Uh, believers could come together every day of worship in the Old Testament, which was Saturday, the Sabbath. Now we're in a New Testament and uh, we have a church a collection of believers of what in the new Testament. Yes. Uh, primarily not that we disbelieve the old, but our primary faith is the new Testament in Christ's blood. And we gather together to what, to hear readings in the book. Verse 15, they read in the law and the prophets we read in the gospels and, and they, the epistles. And they were gathered together to do Amen. so. And the examples in the old Testament, like it says in Hebrews, that the Old Testament is an example unto us. Yes. And the Jewish nation was an example unto us. And you see in Ezra and Nehemiah, if you if you wonder, like, where did the pulpit ever come from in a church? Back in Ezra and Th- Nehemiah. That's right. <laughs> and they gathered together all the men and women and children that were able to understand. And they of, would of read age. from the Bible distinctly yes. in the word of God. Amen. Yes. Amen. And give and, people understanding, it said. Yes. And yeah. so, Amen. so here is this great sermon from Paul. And even though it's a history of Israel, you you can think of it this way as you're listening to this, that it's a history of the world uh, in the sense that, you know, God's been watching this world and he's been caring for all the people in the world and, and calling them all to come and put their faith in him. Amen. And so and, and before you start, Mark, just for the listener, is that Paul's going to go through this right now. And the reason why the Jews were having a problem connecting the dots at the end, um, they missed it. They missed it. And what Paul is going to try to do is go through everything here and tie it all together for the Jews to show them that the Messiah was, it was eminent that he was coming. And it was this, this, this God man named Jesus Christ. He fits. And and he fits, he fits every, he fits everything from that Isaiah and that was prophesied. So this is, this is a people that had the oracles of God, but lacked, lacked the understanding. Well, actually, yeah. When we listen to it, you're going to see it is a good crowd listening. Mm-hmm. And in that crowd, there are people that are also prudent that want to hear the truth. Amen. And then there are people who are like this other guy, Bar Jesus, making money off of it. And they're not interested in the truth because that might uh, cut the their pocketbook. Well, it's just yeah. like now, Mike. It's, yeah. it's, it's just like now. We, 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 are, we don't duck. We, we feel, listener, and we've said it on the show, that the Lord's return is soon. Oh yes, is soon. No doubt about and, it. Uh, and 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 you, for one, will say there's many Christians, born again Christians, that don't want that. Well, at least <laughs> they, at, at least the ones in America doing well. Exactly. I know the ones in China and in the Muslim lands. Right. Please, the Lord, come yes. home. Well, exactly. Yes. exactly. Yes. But the Jews were the same way. They didn't want to take. Hey, we're doing good. We're doing fine over here. We have don't, our, you know, don't mess up. Don't our, mess up our thing yeah. over yeah. here. Okay. You know, but so, but really. You want to get in on God's goodness and God's plan, and here it is. Go so for in it. verse 16, 16 mm-hmm. is the number of love, and here's the sermon, Acts 13, 16. <clears throat> then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God. That, that would be anybody who cares enough, right? Give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with a high arm brought he them out of it. 
And about the time of 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Chanan, Canaan, Canaan land, he divided their land to them by lot. That would be at the time of Joshua. Yep. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel, the prophet. Boy, this is a quick run through the history. This is a great history. I mean, yeah. you just went from Genesis to Numbers yep. to, uh, yeah, First Kings. Amen. Amen. And, and afterward, they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. So he's connecting that dot between David and Jesus, and that he's from the line of Jesus, yeah. as prophesied. Now, now you could imagine... All right, because the Bible is written, if this was more of a novel, it would have narrative. And as soon as he says a savior, comma, Jesus, now you'll see some people tighten up. You'll see some people, right? Oh, where you going here? So like you said, Mike, some of them desire to hear the word of God. Yeah. And some are like, yo, what, what's going yeah. on here? What's and some of them on? might be happy, like, because if they're in the synagogue, yeah. And they're following his history going, yeah, well, we just read that in the book of Numbers 40 years. Oh, yeah. And we read about verse 19 when Joshua came in and destroyed the Amorites and the Hittites and the Gergeshites, the seven nations. Yeah. And we got the land. Oh, yeah. And then the judges. And we had those good judges that delivered us. And then Samuel, the prophet. And then the promise that one day we would have a Messiah coming from David and what's his name is Jesus. So that's what we've been waiting for all these years. Right. Good news. Right. So, so you're right. right. It all depends on and, and where and your heart in, is. They're in Antioch. They're not in Jerusalem. There's no cell phones. There's no faxes no. or anything. Right. So some of them might've heard that there's this way that remember in Jerusalem, right. this way going around and we must avoid it. Yeah. Okay. And some of them may not have heard any. Most of them probably didn't because it's a missionary yeah, journey. Right. He's exactly. going to new areas. Exactly. Yeah. And even if they heard a little, they didn't know much about it. Exactly. And right. now they're finding out that it matches up with their history. And if you think about American history, just for a moment, maybe 200 years ago, Abraham Lincoln, right? They're talking about David here. He's preaching about David was just before 1000 BC because his son Solomon was right about 1000. Yeah. So this was just a little before 1000. So we're talking from a thousand years ago yeah. and they love David. Mm-hmm. And here's the connection between David and the one that they should really love, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so verse 24 of Acts 13, it says, he says, this is Paul preaching, when John had first preached before his coming, Jesus is coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John fulfilled his course, he said, whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. 
That's a big one. That's a mouthful right there. Just, just want to add, Mark, that that's John the Baptist who talked right. about. Right. Yeah, John the Baptist. Yes. Right. And so he was saying to prepare the way. That that's was his right. message, Amen. right? And he was saying, Which behold is prophesied in Isaiah. Yep. And mm-hmm. Jesus shows up and John says, behold, the Lamb so, of God. So does that mean the only denomination we can trust are Baptists? <laughs> well, you know, and I hope so. I hope a good Baptist will tell you about Jesus. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Back yep. to where we're at. Should lead you to Jesus. <laughs> okay. Verse 27 of Acts 13. For they that dwell at Jerusalem... And their rulers, because they knew him not, speaking of Jesus, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, yep. they have fulfilled them in condemning him. That, that, that verse hurts. Yeah. Because he's in a synagogue. And in the synagogue, the thing is to read from the word of God and to read the prophets. And he's saying they're reading the prophets, and yet they didn't know the one prophesied. Now, I'm going to think about me as a little boy, as a Catholic. We read the Gospels, and now we're reading from the Gospel of Mark. And we would read these Gospels, and yet I didn't know about the one whom the Gospels were talking about. It's the same type of problem. It's bad leaders, not using the words properly. It took me a while, while, the word Gospel, um, when I came to the Lord, it, it took me a while to get that out of my head. The Gospel that I knew were reading from the gospel now, and it was, and it was, you know, and it was just a couple of verses right. on a Sunday. I know the gospel meant good news of Jesus Christ. I thought the gospels were four books. Yeah, and yet you just said it so quickly in in a paragraph what it's all about. Mm-hmm. How is it we went in and out of a place where the gospels were read on a regular basis, and nobody said that to us? You see, these leaders here are causing the people to err. Uh, This is why you need men like Paul and Barnabas to stand up and proclaim and give understanding to the word of God. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, this this pricks them when he says that they actually fulfilled scripture, meaning the rulers of the Jews fulfilled scripture by condemning their own savior, by condemning Jesus. Yeah, he he put it on the rulers. Verse 27, the rulers. Yes. Because they knew him not. And so uh, a friend of mine texted me a picture about a week ago of the back window. It covered the whole back window of a car, and it was written in Hebrew. So this was a Jewish guy who put this Hebrew saying on the back window of his car, and it was John 5.43. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. Written in Hebrew? That was written in Hebrew, and then it said John uh, 5.43. So that's what is going on here is Jesus came and the Jewish leaders received him not. Yeah. Right. They had their chance to receive him and, and, and now I'm going to get, and this is just, just last, just last track chapter. Herod was speaking and the people said, he's a God. Yeah. He came in and said, he's a God. Yeah. And and that that was, you know, common people. And I think they were maybe doing it because let's just throw a compliment. We'll pat him a little bit. He'll give us what we want. But these are, we're in a synagogue here. Yes. Yeah. This is a place of worship. Yeah. This is not town hall with a governmental guy making a speech, you know, the mayor or our senator or governor. This is, this is the place where God's word is being read yes. every Sabbath day. And yet the leaders, the rulers, verse 27, they knew him not nor the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day. I, I 
grew up, I was a little good little Italian boy. I was in Roman Catholic Church seven days a week. I went to a Catholic uh, grade school. I went to Catholic prep school. I went to Catholic college. I was surrounded by priests and nuns. Yeah, they could read a verse out of the Gospels. But when I finally got born again at 39, because someone brought me to a Bible study with the Gospel of John, at that time I was employed in a Catholic hospital with a thousand employees. And because it was set up by the Catholics, there was a chapel, there were uh, priests and nuns every day moving in and out of the hospital, ministering to people. And I was reading my Bible. Everybody knew that Dr. Caesar carries his Bible. And when I would be sent somewhere from one part of the hospital to the other, carry my little pocket Bible, I'd read it on the elevator. And one day a bunch of the priests got on with me and saw me reading the Bible and said, don't ask us about this book. We don't know it. Because the rulers knew not the voices of the prophets or the gospels. The saddest thing, I think, to God is people standing in pulpits who don't know the God who ordered the pulpits to be built, the God that wrote the words that are supposed to be read in the pulpits. That ought to be feeding the people. Yeah. Because a pastor pastor is a shepherd. Very very sad. Like he said to Peter, feed my sheep. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are in verse 28, Acts 13, 28. And, and though they found no cause of death in him. Speaking, when they did the, the trial of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. For what reason? What did he do? No, no, nothing wrong for no cause. And verse 29, and when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. Amen. Yeah. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings. That's gospel. Yeah. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second Psalm. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Amen. That, that's interesting. I mean, they read the Psalms a lot in the synagogues. Oh, that, that's, that should be one of anybody's favorite books. I mean, just about anybody, that should be one of their favorite books. Amen. I mean, they're, they're, they're so precious, those Psalms. First off, if you want to read a chapter of the Bible, <laughs> a Psalm might only be eight verses. I yeah. read my chapter today, yeah. so it's easy that way. Yeah. But then the second thing is you can think on it, and it, it shows the glory of God. It reveals the goodness of God. Amen. It talks about the promises of God. Amen. For people who are emotionally wounded and hurt, God will bind them. The Psalm's a great book. Amen. Amen. And so he's mentioning right here, they're, I'm sure they're familiar with the second psalm. Oh, yeah. And it's a great psalm. It's a messianic psalm. It's about the Messiah. There you go. There you go. And and so he says right in that psalm, it says, Thou art my son, this yes. day have I begotten thee. He's trying to connect the dots for them. Don't you see? Can't you know? They that have eyes to see and ears to hear. Verse 34, he says, And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. Amen. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. So, you know, David is in the grave and David corrupted. Actually, I think that uh, it goes on to say that. Verse 35, wherefore he saith also in another psalm, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep. 
and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he, that would be Jesus, whom God raised again, saw no corruption. Amen. Yeah. So and this is this sermon is wonderful. I mean, I, I've spent probably an hour just slowly going through it and looking at the promises because, you know, here's the second psalm. Here's the 16th Psalm. Uh, here's David quoting from the 32nd Psalm and going back and looking how everything that God was doing that Paul is describing to the people in this wonderful sermon here at Antioch, Pisidia, God had prepared them for it and saying, this is what I'm going to do. You will not be able to miss it. I'm laying it out for you hundreds and hundreds of years before it occurs. That's the right word for it. He has been preparing them. Yes, and, and here it is. It's right there, right in front of you. What will you do with it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, verse 38, Acts 13, 38. He says, the invi- now is invitation. Yes, right? yes. And, and the next two verses here, I, I got to stop at the second. But anyways, verse 38, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe, are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Amen. I, I have so much stuff circled in verse 39. Yeah. Acts 13, 39. I'm surprised that more people don't have this verse memorized. It's a great because verse. It, it proves that everything about religion is trusting in your goodness and your own works and your own righteousness. Sure, sure. That's religion. That's, and even, even if you went back to, and I would say, the only religion that God ever authored on this planet would be the the one that he gave to Moses. Yes. I mean, we know those were God's words in all those scrolls that they collected. Those were God's words. And he even told them, this is the law, the law of Moses. And yet, even by that law, you cannot be justified. You're going to need a deliverer. You're going to need a Messiah. Yes, I want you to do the best you can to try and keep the law of Moses. And God says, and I know you'll fall down every so often, so I'm going to have someone to pick you up. It's going to be the Messiah. That's where your faith has to be. How's yes. that verse read again? Verse, by him, Jesus, all that believe yes. are justified from all things, from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. It sounds almost like Romans 3.16. Yeah. yeah. It's very similar. And the cross cross to me, it's, it's in my Bible, but I have it written too, is is, is Isaiah 53.10 and 11. Oh, yeah. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And Jesus. He put him to his grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in, in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. God will be, God will be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. Amen. Yeah. And how many, as many who will believe. Right. Because the Jews, everything was a sacrifice. Yeah. Everything was a sacrifice, a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. Leading up to this sacrifice. Exactly. Exactly. And, And it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Yeah. And to lay the sin of mankind on him. Yeah. Now, right. now, some people think, well, I don't know if this gospel is to all, right? What about people that are out in the middle of nowhere or people that just maybe haven't heard it? But it's to all. This is to the whole entire world. Of course. This, this, this knocks down a lot of false beliefs like Calvinism that th- they think that only certain people are, you know, predestinated to be saved and go to heaven and be with God. No, this is to all that believe, all. And they're justified from, you know, the Mormons think that 
that they can be uh, cleansed from most things, but not murder, because murder is somehow a whole other class of sin. This verse right here says you're justified from all things. All things. Yes, yes. And when God says all, he means all. That's right. And you were talking about, you know, those worried about those people that are way out in remote areas yeah. that we might not know of. God knows of them. If they're alive, they have a soul. Yes. And and God says, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also is the soul of the Son. It is mine. I mean, God made that soul. God has a great desire to bring that soul back to him. He created it not to destroy it like Calvin thinks. Right. He created it to redeem it and, the, and justify it. And the only way it can be done is through faith and belief, Amen. not by works. Amen. Amen. And then he finishes the sentence by saying, from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. The law of Moses is the moral law, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. And, and you, we can't keep them. There you go. Now, there's an honest answer. Yeah. See, that man just gave an honest answer. Mm -hmm. Give him a cigar. You know, cigars. Okay. <laughs> a chocolate cigar. But the I truth mean, is the truth. The truth is we can't keep them. That's why we can't be justified by them. One man did keep them. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. He kept them for us. Yes. Right. Amen. And, and if you're not quite clear on that, read Romans chapter three. It makes it clear. <laughs> yes, yes. It really does. Yes. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, verse 40. And he says, uh, beware, therefore, lest that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Oh, that, that's a sad verse, brother. It is. Because, because right here a man is declaring it to them. Right. Yes. And he, he, he just gave a, a fantastic history going all the way back to verse uh, 16 and 17. I mean, just laying out for them in such a way where they, how can you deny it? If you've been in the synagogue, of course, yes, we... God did deliver us out of Egypt. Yes, he did bring us to the promised land. Yes, he did give us judges and Samuel. Yes, he did give us a king. All these things. I mean, I agree, I agree, I agree. Yes, David did write those Psalms back in verse 30 and 34 and and 35. Yeah, David wrote all that. And now a man's telling him, oh, but, but I don't believe it. All of a sudden, well, that's someone that despises the word of God. That's someone... Why are you wondering and despising God's work? And the sad thing is, God says, if you will in no wise believe, then the end is you perish. Yeah. What's that verse, John 3, 16? For God, God so loved, loved the world, world that he gave, gave his only, only begotten, begotten son. son, that whosoever believeth in should not perish, but have everlasting life. And and if you don't believe, you perish. perish. You perish. There's only one of two <laughs> options, perish or everlasting life. Right. That's right. That's right. And, and, and again, listener, when Paul turns here, he says here uh, in verse 40, beware. He's saying to them, because yeah. right now he yes. just gave them the truth. Some people might be saying, I don't believe this. And he said, yeah. unless which is spoken by the prophets in verse 41 is Habakkuk, right? And he's, and and because God through Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk said be in, in uh, verse 5, 1, 5, behold, ye despises and wonder and perish. He's talking to them. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall no wise believe, though a man declare it to you. All right? That man is Paul. Yes. And that man would be, and, and all the apostles. Yeah. And he's saying, that be careful. Be, be careful here, because God said, when I do this, when I do this, you're going to struggle with it. Yeah. You're going to struggle. And if you struggle with it, you're a despiser. Well, it's either you receive the gospel or you reject it. Or yeah, yeah, if you do anything other than receive the Lord Jesus Christ and receive his good, glad tidings 
If you don't receive the glad tidings, then if you're pausing and you're considering, okay, it's okay to consider, but you need to receive him. Right. If you don't, then you're rejecting him. But, but to me, they're talking about the depth of God's love. He, he is, when was Habakkuk? How, how many years before? Habakkuk was four, four, 500, years 500, 600 years before. Four, yeah. 500. So five, 600 years before, God is telling, look, this is what you're going to react. You're going to react this way. I'm even going to let you know you're going to react this way. I know how you're going to react. I'm giving you, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to react this way when you have that attitude. I understand that. That's what he's saying. I understand I, that. I, beware. In no wise. Beware. So you're going, this is going to be, this your, will first, be your first reaction, but think first about impulse. it. Amen. And that's God. You know, again, if, 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 if anything in life, if somebody told you, look, this is going to happen to you and this is going to be your reaction. All right. I'm going to warn you, this is going to be your reaction in anything that might be in life. Sure. Right. And all of a sudden it happens and you, just, and you react the way and you say, he told me I was going to react yeah, this way. Yeah. So yeah. I better listen deeper. You better beware. I better beware. Yeah. I better beware. Yeah, and, but and that's the love of God over there. Because that, 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 that's, a, that's almost like a threat. People think it's a threat, but it's not. He's saying, look, you're going to react this way. You're going to despise. He said in the Old Testament, why will ye die? Why will ye yeah. die? Israel. A, a sober warning is what it is. It's, oh, a, it's a sober warning. Well, a great chapter. I, I, we should look at some of these key verses again next week because we've still got a number to go. Amen. Mm -hmm. There's still yeah. about uh, 10, 11, 12 verses to go in this chapter. But this is one of the great chapters. I remember when I first read it. I was so amazed at how the Apostle Paul, giving his first sermon, it's so rich yes. in Scripture, and yet it points right to the Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As he said, by him, by Jesus Christ, all that believe are justified Justice. from all things, whether it's sin, iniquity, transgression, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Religion can't save, the Ten Commandments can't save only Jesus saves. saves. Amen. Amen. That's truth. We'll be with you Praise next week again at 7 o'clock. Until we meet with you, do like Jesus said. Search the scriptures, and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth, the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth, only on WECK.